Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. FM 104's Select Irish with Louise Ty. Select Irish on F104 and here to discuss the life and career of Sinead O'Connor is Dr. Michael Murphy of IADT. Hello. How are you doing? Thank you so much for chatting to us. So there, a couple of weeks ago, we lost the amazing Sinead O'Connor. But what sort of impact did she make on the music scene? I think that the impact of, of Sinead can't be measured, in all honesty, because she's someone to me who's, who's an icon rather than a superstar. And if you're an icon, sometimes your legacy won't be appreciated for 10, 20, 30, 40, or 50 years later. Mm -hmm. So I think there are artists that had more record sales than Sinead that have an influence right now. Say, you know, pop artists. Madonna would be a good example. You can see Madonna's influence because Madonna's a superstar. Her record sold in huge quantities pretty much every time she put out a single or an album. With, with Sinead, Sinead wasn't the huge seller consistently that some of the other artists of, of that era were. Mm. Obviously, she had the Prince song that goes to number one. The album that it comes from goes to number one in the States. That's absolutely incredible commercial success. But behind that, you've got a body of work that's really, really interesting and innovative. And I honestly think that people in 10 years' time, are going to pick up on elements from Sinead's, that, that diverse back catalogue. Where did she begin? Where did Sinead O'Connor start in music? Well, it, again, that's very relevant to who she is. Mm-hmm. She, she's, you know, Glenageary. Glenageary is not South Central LA. Um, what was Glenageary like in, in the 1980s? There was a band called The Fountainhead, mm-hmm. who were an electronic duo, kind of in the, the realm of, of New Order. One of them was from Dunleary, one was from Bray. You had a brilliant hardcore punk band called Three Ring Psychosis, who were from, from Lenegiri as well. But it wasn't a musical community. It, it wasn't a, a place where you'd walk around and think, okay, the next superstar is going to come from there. Mm-hmm. You had the Bob Geldof and the Boomtown Rats background, so Don Leary, that area of, of South County, Dublin, had produced a band that were kind of prickly, that ho- had a whole load of attitude. They're certainly Geldof is someone that Sinead talked about in interviews as, you know, kind of a, a not a role model or nerd's inspiration, but kind of a prompt to, to do things the way you want. So they're all men. 
Sinead absolutely built her own pathway. And I think what's very interesting, I, I, I judged the Battle of the Bands in 1984 in Trinity College, Dublin, and mm-hmm. Sinead was in it with a, a punk band called uh, Paranoid Visions were in there as well. There was kind of a, a really interesting gothic band called Modus Vivendi in there as well. And it was when Sinead was in Tom Tong Bakut. Mm-hmm. They came second in the Battle of the Bands. And I think that's where they deserve to be because she was clearly very good. Yeah. But the, the band weren't reflective of her intensity and kind of her, her flair. Mm-hmm. So that was when I first saw her, uh, you know, Battle of the Bands, you know, there's loads of bands in Dublin that come and go. You know, they, they might only exist for a month. But, you know, she was someone who was on my radar because of that. Yeah. And something that's so important, you know, when you say, where did she come from? There, there was a guy from Monkstown who became the entertainment officer in Trinity College in for 84, 85. And he was called Michael McCohan, nicknamed Mick Mohawk, because he had the Mohawk haircut. Mm-hmm. And one day, he, there was a knock on his door. He opened it, small girl in, you know, she had hair back then, short black hair, um, the Doc Martens, and she said, I... Would you put on a gig for me because some people from England want to see me? Wow. And, you know, and that's how amateurs in the music industry, that's how supporters of young artists really make a difference. And we thought, well, I don't even know what you sound like. But <laughs> we'll I take a really, chance. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I really salute that, that you've come in, you know, without a manager or a lawyer or an agent mm-hmm. or your parents. You know, to say, look, I'm, you know, it was obvious I'm trying to do this on my own and I really need help. So here I am. I'm asking for help. He put on the gig for her just on top of the front gate in Trinity. And that was the gig where the guys from Ensign in London who were kind of interested to to see what she was like and to, to see her perform. And that was where she convinced them that she was worthy of a record deal. So if you're asking where she came from, she came from the do-it-yourself Dublin music scene that that was done with favours. It was done by music fans. It was done out of goodness. It it wasn't people looking for, okay, if I help you, I want this, or, you know, I'd sign a contract here. It it was organic, really, really good do-it-yourself music. That is unbelievable because then three years later she released her debut album. So that really obviously not only the guts to go up and ask for help and go, come on, just help me do this. They want to see me. But then to go on and actually fulfill that dream. Yeah, you're you're, you're completely right. The Sinead O'Connor that left Ireland was totally, totally unrecognisable to the Sinead O'Connor that people heard when when that debut album came out. Mm. Now, she had guessed it, I think, before the album. I, I saw her, uh, the, the Water Boys, who were really becoming a force in music at that, at that stage. She she performed, she she sang, you know, background vocalists on, on the on the whole of the moon with the Water Boys when they played in, in the um, Olympic Stadium in Dublin. And you know, then people, because no one went to see Dublin bands. Like there's this great myth of the 1980s in Dublin, but very few people went to see bands. 
And the people who went to see bands generally only went to see their friends. So there wasn't a huge supportive um, network of, mm. of people going to see every new act. So it was almost like Sinead could have been from anywhere yeah. by the time she came with that debut album. And the key thing about this line and the cobra is that she produced it. Wow, like this is I didn't know that. Incredibly wow. young person. And now I, I think there's a lot of punk in that album. She's mm -hmm. certainly not a, a punk artist. <laughs> Although it's funny, I, I was at a punk festival this weekend in Blackpool and one of the great bands of, of, of the whole punk world, The Ruts, mm -hmm. dedicated a song to Sinead. Oh, excellent. And I thought that's really interesting. Mm -hmm. You know, you're a long running punk band making music before Sinead, but what she did made such an impact on you that you're publicly saying this is for Sinead. The other punky elements that Stiff Little Fingers were, were the great punk band from, from Belfast. And, you know, they'd split up by the time Sinead was making her record. But the bass player, Ali McMorty, was part of her band at one stage. Wow. On that debut album, you've also got Enya, which, which is mind-blowing. Mm -hmm. That, you know, Sinead was bigger than Enya at one stage. And Enya is one of the most successful female artists um, of all time in terms of sales. Um, and then the other really, really key part is the guitar on Mandinka is just an absolute example of brilliant guitar playing in music. And that's by a guy called Marco Peroni. Where does he come from? He was the guitar player for Adam and the Ants. He also was the guitar player for Susie and the Banshees, for Susie as she was. Mm -hmm. um, on her first gig, her backing band, because she was making it up on the spot, was Sid Vicious and Marco Peroni. So Sinead had an incredible array of music talent around her, from the punk world to Enya. But there are very few artists that, that could handle that diversity of, of collaborators. It just shows you what sort of artist she she is, to be honest. What do you think her legacy will be? Well, I, I think Sinead's legacy, you know, to quote The Clash, the future is unwritten. We don't know what Sinead's legacy will be, mm -hmm. but already we can see things that Sinead has sparked. You know, we saw it in the, in the kind of the, the public outpouring of grief that, that, that surrounded the, the, the news of, of Sinead's death. We see it in, at the time, men bought more records in Ireland than women. It was quite rare, you know, just anecdotally from my experience, and I worked in, in record shops as well as, you know, spent as much time as I could in them. It was mainly lads. The music scene, including the simple act of buying records, was quite male, it was quite macho. It mm -hmm. was quite a boys club. Now, yeah. accidentally, but it still wouldn't have been um, that welcoming to, to women. But that first Sinead record was a record that when you went into, you know, girls or women's flats or apartments or houses, they had that record. So I think very, very importantly, it stimulated Irish women to go out and buy an album by an Irish woman. And they weren't buying Dana records or, or the Nolans or show band records. So I actually think that she developed and pushed the, 
Irish record buying community and she pushed it in such an important direction and that was to get women to buy records. Wow. The other thing is in terms of our music, like that rebelliousness, mm -hmm. that total anti-authoritarian, I'm not going to do what you tell me to do. Okay, the record label are saying, yeah, the record's coming out soon, so we have to do photos. What do people at record labels, Louise, say to artists, female artists, when they're doing the photos? You have to look pretty. Mm -hmm. You have to look beautiful. And that's not who Sinead wanted to be in terms of visual representation. So famously, she shaved her head. And that at the time was a statement. So in terms of her legacy, a, it's about fans. It's about bringing people in who think, actually, records are worth buying. And maybe I should start listening to music. And and why shouldn't I go to a gig? But stylistically, visually, she absolutely opened the door. And I think you can trace part of that inspiration. Because, you know, we shouldn't um, extrapolate too much that, okay, she shaved her head and that's why... Lady Gaga exists, but mm. I think you can see that tr hint of rebelliousness in so many artists, male and female, um, ever ever since that moment. That it's no, I'm going to do what I want. Don't tell me what to do. So the the legacy, music fans, image, and then musically, she ripped up the rule book. If you wanted to make a load of money and you had a number one single in the States with a Prince cover. Now, when I say Prince cover, he wrote the song, but he never recorded it himself mm -hmm. um, but by the time Sinead did it. Um, she showed that you can absolutely rip up all the rules musically. So, you know, she was into hip hop. She was into trip hop. In fact, she was kind of into trip hop before that became a genre. She was listening to dance music. She was listening to black music. And then she goes back to trad, to Irish traditional music. You know, that that's a leap that, that no male Irish artist made. So, the, you know, the musical legacy is, is extraordinary, but brilliantly, it, it's not easy to understand. It's not straightforward. Mm. She wasn't scared to try something. No, no, I, I think there, there's a fearlessness in her body of work. Yeah. There, there's an absolute fearlessness. There's, you know, she she um, did the collaboration with Sly and Robbie, who are probably the greatest rhythm section in popular music to hard, hard, hardcore Jamaican musicians. Mm -hmm. So she does that, but then she collaborates with, you know, Dublin hip hop people like Marksma. She you know, isn't afraid to embrace female, very, very assertive, aggressive female performance artists. She's not afraid, as I mentioned, to go down the traditional Irish music route, which wasn't seen as cool at that, at that moment of time. And then she could also, by the way, here's the number one single <laughs> globally. Here's a, here's a single that people in the places where popular music get played, here's a number one single from this completely I iconic artist who, who doesn't really care about the number ones almost i almost think that the number one that she did was done out of yeah i can yeah i'll try that but it doesn't really matter it, it matters as much as any other one of my songs yeah. i'm not doing this to be famous or for number one 
I'm doing it for, for that wide range of, of personal expression. And, and as you said, that, that fearlessness. Dr. Michael Murphy, thank you so much for chatting to us. My pleasure. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.